Welcome to episode two of the YOY Mariners podcast. My name, Tyler. Again, I'm also with Tyler. It's going to continue to be confusing, and we don't really care because we know who we are. We still have not found a, found a solution for that. So our solution <laughs> is just to let, let's just roll. Yeah, we're not going to placate we're not. to everybody. You know? And you know, that, I feel like that mentality fits really well into the topic of episode two. The topic the, of episode two being? Yes, the bane of the Seattle Mariners bullpen of, of the 1990s, a certain Robert Bobby Ayala. I wish that he had gone by, by Robert. <laughs> I don't think he ever earned, earned the right to go by Robert. <laughs> I'm sure he tried when he came up. When he wanted to be taken seriously, and they're like, "Come on, no. <laughs> you're you're a Bobby at you, best. You are a Bobby for life." <laughs> I, I I told you a little bit before we started recording, but I am supplementing the pain of this episode with a a fine a fine beer. Um, Always a good which I feel. Again, we mentioned my drinking problem mm-hmm. uh, in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really upset that you are not not here to support me on. That's, a, that's an issue for your sponsor. <laughs> yes, we're going to be talking about Baba Ayala. And it's, it's so weird to have a player so bad in a time that is remembered so well by Mariners fans. It's, it's really the only period of time where you can talk about a significant amount of consistent success. Mm-hmm. Um, on the part of the Mariners, and as well with the majority of those players that have made it into the Mariners Hall of Fame playing together at the same time, and yet, for some reason, <laughs> Baba Ayala made the Bobby. cut. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, he fits saw... into that category of, like, why is this guy here? Why I is think. this guy here? Yeah, he, <laughs> even like in the midst of his career with Seattle... He was mm-hmm. the poster child for everything that was wrong with the Seattle bullpen. And there was a lot wrong with the Seattle bullpen in the 1990s. And yeah. yet, and yet, he <laughs> still played a key role and was a trusted member of that bullpen for five seasons. Yeah. And, and, and they could get away with that because and it is very easy to forget that the Mariners were once able to hit the ball. Really oh, yeah. consistently, oh, especially when they were in the uh, in the kingdom, and you could get away with um, running up a score, and mm-hmm. you could get away with winning ten nine. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that happened. Sometimes all you needed was for the the pitching staff to allow fewer than double digit runs, and yeah. in those situations, seven times out of twenty, <laughs> you could survive Bobby Ayala in a critical situation. <laughs> One of, the, one of the things that I think will be fun to do as we continue on this podcast is pr- to provide everyone with... Because if you're a baseball fan, on some level, you like statistics. Stats are everything. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty, pretty well known across the board. Um, so I'm here to offer you the stat, what I call the stat of the podcast. Um, and that is, Baba Ayala is ranked number 63 all-time... Out of the top 100 players, that that's is, that's that's amazing. That is that is illustrious. That is prestigious. Uh, it makes more sense when you put it into context that that is the top 100 worst baseball players. Oh my of, god, I missed that of all time. 
Yeah, you're right. Uh, in the history right. of baseball. Baseball has been going on for a while. <laughs> and Deadspin put together a list in 2011 of the 100 worst baseball players mm-hmm. of all time. Bobby mm-hmm. Ayala came up number 63. Number 63. 63. Yeah. All time. Managed to blow saves in a in an era when the Mariners could actually hit the ball. Which it, so generally speaking, they're up by more than a run, usually when he was coming in, which yeah. is really astoundingly bad. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad. Yeah. If he was that bad, why was he still in in games? We don't know. I would I would love to hear an answer from anyone that that knew him, but I think they're all in hiding. I would hope so. <laughs> At the very least, exile is the is the best that I think that they deserve. Baba Ayala pitched, and, and I, I, I know that I'm running his name together, and it mm-hmm. sounds like Baba Ayala, uh, which I'm also okay with. Yeah. Um, again, semi-professional. Mm-hmm. You got to earn that space between first and last <laughs> names. He didn't earn Robert, and he didn't earn the space. Yeah. He didn't do much. So what did he do? Well, you know, we want to try and be as positive as possible. So here, here are kind of Baba Ayala's highlights of his career. He did Hit pitch. Me. He pitched in the Major League Baseball from 1992 to 1999, which is like eight seasons more than I will ever do. <laughs> uh, he was in Seattle's bullpen from 94 to 98, and he okay. did lead the team in saves in both 1994 and in 1995, which was a big year for the, for the team. Right. Um, and he does currently sit number nine all-time uh, in career saves for Seattle. He has 56 career saves for the Mariners, which ranks him number Nine. So what you're telling me is that the 63rd worst player in baseball history is still in the top 10 all-time best Mariners closer. Oh yeah, it is not a good list. <laughs> uh, you, I don't do know you if you know to... this, but the, the Seattle Mariners have, do not have a long history of illustrious closers. Mm-mm. Here's so we we have Kaz Sasaki's number one, which he had a great run, 129 yes. career saves. Yeah, the top ten. So I'll I'll run down the top ten in saves, and you stop okay. me when someone sounds very unfamiliar or you remember <laughs> them very negatively. Okay. So there's Kaz Sasaki number one. Okay. JJ Putz. Oh God. Number two, and I, okay. I pronounced it that way on purpose. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna stop you for that one. Mm-hmm. Because that one's upsetting. Yeah. 101 career saves for the Mariners. But here's the difference between J.J. and Kaz. Kaz got 129 saves in 223 innings pitched. Okay. okay. So that's pretty good. Yeah. So he came in, he pitched an inning, got a save pretty much yep. most of the time. Yeah. J.J., on the other hand, uh, had 101 saves in 323 uh-huh. innings. Oh, boy. So he needed three innings for every save. That he got. And as the closer, you are not in the game for three innings. At a time. <laughs> I am just going to throw that out there. But that is not something that happens. I'm wondering if maybe he was just playing the uh, career stability, the kind of uh, job security game. You know, if I, if I pitch long enough, it's, you know, you, you're earning a paycheck at least. I think he learned that from watching Bobby Ayala because the only way <laughs> Bobby Ayala got to 56 saves 
is by continuing to pile up innings because he got those 56 saves. So we have Kaz, 129 saves, 223 uh-huh. innings. That's a good ratio. Right, right. JJ, right. 101 saves, 323 innings. Not as good a ratio. No. Uh, no. Bobby Ayala, 56 saves in 367 innings pitched. Oh, no. Yeah. Wow. That is a lot of... He, he got into a lot of games. Like, that's, a lot that's, of games. That's too many games. That is that's far too, too many, many games. games. Yeah. One of the things that uh, that I know that we've kind of discussed is not just how poorly Bobby Ayala did uh, for the Seattle Mariners, but how dramatically how dramatically he declined in those last couple of, of years. Well, absolutely, um, yeah. Because you're right. He did lead the team in saves in 94 and 95. Um, so let me so let me break it down a little bit. 92, 93, he played for Cincinnati. Uh, came over to Seattle in a trade. It was Bob Ayala and no one else important, I'm sure, that we'll ever discuss again. And uh, then 94 through 98, he played for Seattle. 1994, saves 18 games. 203 batting average against. That's actually not terrible to me, and that is the least amount of money he ever made with the Seattle Mariners. It was his best yep. season and mm-hmm. he made the least. And that's very important to note. Yeah. Because if you fast forward a couple of years to 1998 when he finally leaves, he was 1 and 10. That means one win, 10 losses. Yeah. Not good. His his ERA in 1994 was 2.8. His ERA in 1998 is 7.8. Three. Yeah, not great either. That's actually difficult to do. Yeah, you especially with the number of innings he pitches. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to get like a middle relief stint against some terrible team's seven, eight, nine hitters. And yeah. Just get through that inning, and that drops your ERA by like a point. It's it's not seven point two nine ERA like you might see at the beginning of a season when stats are skewed a little bit. Someone's mm-hmm. in only for a couple of innings. The guy was in sixty two games. Yeah. Like the third highest number of games in his Seattle career. Yeah. So he was he was continuing to be handed the ball in situations where he probably should not have been. He should not have had. No. Uh he blew more saves than he uh closed, essentially. Yeah. So uh he saved eight games. He blew nine. Yep. Uh, with a, for a whopping percentage of forty-seven percent, yeah. which is really astounding. Yeah. Uh, which if was the were, lowest uh, of if his he were career. Batting at a four seventy clip, <laughs> that would be excellent. Uh, speaking of batting, he's on the wrong wrong side of that. Yeah. Batting was actually impressive. A three twenty-three opponent batting average. He was he was the person that you wanted to face. Oh yeah. He was the person you wanted to face. And in that season, he managed to somehow, and I'm going to use earn in quotation marks, $1.5 million. Yeah, I wouldn't say earn. I would say he was handed $1.5 million. Someone signed a check. Paid to Bobby Ayala $1.5 million. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that at the time, the check was made out to someone who sounded really reputable, like a Robert mm -hmm. Ayala. And they said, oh, Uh, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, because surely if it had been Bobby Ayala, it it just it never would have been signed. I would hope not. <laughs> what else am I missing here? Because right now all I'm seeing is he was he was terrible. Why was he pitching? What was what was what was happening? Well, let's go kind of go through it a little bit more in depth. Uh, yeah, the story of one Robert Ayala. <laughs> 
We need to have some kind of like fairy tale music playing in the background. I want I would, to hear yeah, like that, chimes. That would, and... that would really help <laughs> help sell this. It's it's a storybook romance, really, it is, is what you're telling me. Yeah. It's like you know how like Grimm's fairy tales originally yes. were like really horrific? <laughs> this isn't kind of those that vein. Not the this isn't the Disney version. This is the kids getting entrails ripped from their bodies type of type of story. Yeah, but it yeah, teaches yeah. A, a lesson? Question mark. <laughs> we can neither confirm nor deny that Baba Ayala ate children. Yeah, we can't. That, I think we're that's not, what you're we're saying. not saying it happened. Yeah, we're just saying we didn't have, we didn't see it not happen. Ag- agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So Bobby Ayala breaks into Major League Baseball in 1992 with Cincinnati. He's a late season call up. Starts five games towards the end of the year. Goes two and mm-hmm. one, and quote exceeds expectations. So Cincinnati felt pretty good about him. Seeing him for like a month uh, in the 1992 okay. season. So 93, he starts nine games for Cincinnati. All right. And then that was about all they needed to see from him and moved him to the bullpen. <laughs> But uh, uh, how did he do in the in the bullpen? Do we know? Uh, well, so he started nine games. He ended up getting three saves in five opportunities. Oh. Okay. So really, for him, great. For him, yeah, that was pretty much right on right on target for what what we should have expected. <laughs> uh, but and he had ended up with his ERA went up. To, it was five six, uh, which again, in looking at his whole career, not that terrible. For yeah. a Bobby Ayala season, if you if you told a Seattle Mariner fan in 1998 Bobby Ayala is going to have a 5.6 ERA and he's going to save 60 percent of his games, they would have gone, "That sounds great. <laughs> we will take that all day long. We might even give him a raise. We should, yeah. We, let's give him over a million dollars for that. That sounds <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. I think really fiscally responsible use of mm-hmm. funds. So something. About his game. He's a hard-throwing reliever. Somebody sees something that they like in him. So Seattle, who in 1993 had Norm Charlton closing, and he converts 18 of 21 save opportunities. 86%. That's, great. that's very yeah, strong. that's fantastic. Very strong. But he gets injured, and so Seattle trades for Bobby Ayala in November following the season in a okay. deal that nets them some catcher, I think. Catcher. Uh, named, by the name of Dan Dan Wilson, Dan. never heard of saying him. that for right, saying that right. So Seattle gets Bobby Ayala, Dan Wilson, and in 1994, with Norm Charlton injured out for the entire year, they move Ayala into the closer role, and he has a career year, converts 18 to 24 saves for 75 percent, which you know, as a third-year pro, you think you know that's a good building block, right? But and he kind of showed flashes of excellence. He struck out 71 batters in 57 innings. He was he had a strong that's showing. Incredible. And for a third-year player, you're like, this is a good place to grow from. Yeah. Unbeknownst to Seattle fans, that was <laughs> his ceiling, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, what you're, what you're hoping, I think, at the time is that it's, uh, this is a trend upwards. This is, mm-hmm. this is him starting to reach a uh, functioning plateau where he's going uh, to continue to be able to perform at that level. Um, and unfortunately, uh, that was his peak. Yeah. Yeah, that it's was, like when it's like when you watch a historical fiction movie, like let's say Titanic, mm-hmm. and you watch everybody leave on the Titanic in one of those early scenes, and everybody's really excited, everybody's really happy, but you're sitting there watching the movie, going, "This is not going to end well." So now, as we look back, we can see Bobby Ayala as the Titanic heading. <laughs> 
directly for the iceberg to sink the Seattle bullpen to the depths of the ocean. And I feel like that's, that's as nice a way as I can put that. I have, I have another, um, another allegory, if you will, for Bobby Ayala, and I just thought of this. To me, he seems like the M. Night Shyamalan of closers. Um, he, really, he really pulled everyone in with that first year, his sixth sense, if you will. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it was just garbage. Yep. And he and did 1998, the fans. <laughs> 1998 was his last airbender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just, just unwatchable dreck. <laughs> it's, it's an excellent... Excellent comparison. So, 1994 was his career year. So, of course, he's going to be coming back in 1995. Yeah, actually, with the the way that he played in 94, Seattle felt confident letting Norm Charlton leave in free agency, and Norm goes to Philadelphia. Now, things do not go well for Norm in Philadelphia. He is terrible, so Philly releases him around the All-Star break in July. So Seattle's like, hey, we know this guy. So they sign him back. And he ends up taking a couple of save opportunities away from Ayala down the stretch. Uh, And he finishes the year closing 14 of 15 opportunities. Now, I'm not great at math, but that sounds pretty good. That is a high percentage, 93%. (laughs) That is an A, A minus. Okay. Meanwhile, Ayala, who has been the primary closer for most of the season... Goes 19 to 27, 70%, solid C minus. Solid so C minus. He is still passing, but Norm is making him look pretty bad. Now, this is awkward for a couple of reasons. One, the team was really banking on Bobby Ayala being <laughs> the guy out of the bullpen. Because they have Bobby Ayala goatee night that mm-hmm. year, where you could wear a goatee and get free admission, kind of like they used to do the Jay Buhner buzz cut night every year. Yeah, yeah, they had the and boneyard. So, that was great. Yeah, they had the boneyard. You sat in the boneyard. You got your head shaved. You got it in for free. So he was like a feature. Like there were posters of Bobby Ayala somewhere. Oh, God, I want one so bad. I know. <laughs> I want one so bad. That would be quite the fun. <laughs> Quite we could if, if we could find a fathead of Bobby Ayala and then just troll people we know, post it post him up on the side of their house, garage doors. Yeah, I feel like I feel like getting Ayala would be the ultimate shame <laughs> that you could bring to someone. Now, so ninety five is an important year in Seattle history. And technically, Bobby Ayala is a part of that history. It's the refuse to lose season. But he has kind of a not great part of in that history. This is from Jim Capel. Uh, okay. He used to write for page two on ESPN. Okay. And he kind of gives an oral history of what happened to Bobby Ayala in that 95 season. Okay, shoot. So picture this. Quote, on August 23rd, 1995, the Mariners were a game under 500. It's not good. 11 and a half games out of first place, which sounds bad. And yep. facing yet another ownership threat to move out of town. All bad. Yep. They would go on to win 25 of their remaining 36 games, mm-hmm. beat the Angels in a one-game playoff for the division title, yep. then rally yep. from a two-game deficit in the division series with the Yankees when Edgar Martinez drove in nine runs in the final two games. Mm-hmm. I remember that uh, to this day, and it is still considered by many people to be one of the best seasonal comebacks in the history of Major League Baseball. 
Oh, yeah. Is that, is that 1995 season? 1995 season. That was amazing. So you're telling me Bobby Ayala is a part of that? That's fantastic. Well, technically. Technically, he was a part of that. <laughs> he was receiving a paycheck while this was happening. But according to Cable, quote, Of course, the main reason the Mariners vaulted into first place was manager Lou Pinella replacing Ayala as the team's closer with Norm Charlton. So his big role in 1995 mm-hmm. was getting replaced with Norm Charlton. That was the catalyst that saved Seattle baseball. <laughs> You're saying he unselfishly sacrificed himself for the good of Seattle baseball. I'm sure that's the way he tells it. <laughs> I'm not sure that that was the reality that we lived through. Okay. But looking back, I'm sure that's how he, he tells people how it happened. Yeah. yeah. I, I fell on that sword so the team could rally around, around the sheriff and he could, <laughs> he could take them home. I put them, I put them in the position. I put them right where they wanted to be. A game under 500 and 11 and a half games <laughs> out, of the, out of the division. Right where they they fell right into our trap. Yeah, right where they needed to be. I, we all went according to plan. 95 is not a great year for him. Starts off strong for him from a PR standpoint, but his play on the field just kind of drops off. Mm-hmm. So 1996, they are still kind of giving him some opportunities for right. whatever reason. Well, you know, on some level you have to feel like they're hamstrung because they gave him the job, mm-hmm. but you have someone who's right behind him who was playing beforehand and who was doing a great job who was probably consistently outperforming him. Um, yeah, when you a, look at it, an look at it situation. From now, in their defense, Norm Charlton already at this point was very old. Yeah. Like he was, yes. In, yes. Even, in, even in 95. So That's they probably true. wanted to save him. For when yeah. Ayala put him in, right in that sweet spot of being a dozen games out of the playoffs. And it's, it's hard to keep that wheelchair up at the mound without yeah. it sliding off and causing a balk. So. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a skill. So 96, he still continues to be a part of the bullpen, but blows a couple of saves early in the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, then things start to go a little off the rails for one Robert Ayala, <laughs> as, as I'm sure his name appeared in the police report. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so at 6 a.m. on April 24th, 1996, so very early in the season, Yes, April 24th is not a very deep into a baseball season. You know, but quite, quite honestly, it is, it is deep enough into a Seattle Mariners season to understand any frustration. Yeah. Well, Bobby Ayala was feeling that frustration as he punched out the window of his hotel room in a, on a road trip in Chicago after a reported night of drinking. So hotel nice. security was called to his room first thing in the morning, found the window, found Bobby Ayala bleeding everywhere. And oh uh, little known fact, as a pitcher, the health of your hand, pretty important to your job. I don't follow. So you use the hand uh-huh. to throw the ball. Oh, no. In theory, past a batter. <laughs> Not always in practice. So Bobby Ayala needed nine stitches in his hand. Uh, from punching out this window, puts him on the DL for several months. The incident is really weird, and it's kind of ugly. And Norm Charlton, grizzled veteran, a man who, who looked like he should be in a Quentin Tarantino Western mm-hmm. as the guy who's just too old for this. Yeah. Quote, I don't know what happened, and I don't want to know. I love it. Yeah. So, I like to imagine him saying that while on a rocking chair on a porch. Yeah. 
So he ends up when he finally when Bayabiyala finally does come back from his really poor decision making, he gets moved to middle relief because uh, Norm's kind of doing pretty well and uh, mm-hmm. ends up converting twenty to twenty seven save opportunities that year. Uh, Bobby Ayala finishes the year with just six save opportunities and converts three of them. Yikes. So not great. So is it is it safe to say that after he returns, or I mean really probably right after that incident, Seattle has to realize this is not the long-term solution. I mean... You it, would think that. <laughs> How can they possibly keep him around for two more years? They found a way. So... And, but in 97, they learned their lesson. Bobby uh-huh. Ayala is not going to be their primary closer, at least to start the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norm Charlton's their primary closer, but he starts to look his age. Uh, ends yeah. up converting just 14 of 25 save opportunities, 56% on the year. Yikes. Yikes. Bobby Ayala, meanwhile, seems to kind of regain his form as a middle reliever, lowers his ERA that year to 382, which was the second lowest of his tenure in Seattle. Yeah. And converts a healthy 8 of 12 save opportunities. That's pretty good. 67%. For him, yeah. That's that's a top five year for him. Top three year. <laughs> that's a top three year, yeah. Top three year for him. So he's pretty excited. So then 98 comes. Charlton leaves via free agency again. And Bobby Ayala falls off a cliff. Not literally, because I'm sure that they had somebody on the team watching him at all times <laughs> after he punched a window in Chicago. But he has a terrible season while making $1.5 million. Yeah. He ends up converting 8 of 17. So Sear, he, he blew more saves than he converted. Right. Has his 729 ERA. Right. Loses the closer role to Mike Timlin. I remember Mike. Yeah. Well, he looked a lot better than he probably was coming in after Bobby Ayala. He ended up converting 19 of 24 save opportunities that year, 79%. So a decent number. But... After watching Bobby Ayala implode, he looked great. He yeah. was. I mean, yeah, I, they, I think after '98, after after watching Ayala implode with seven two nine ERA, Mike Timlin coming in and being serviceable, nineteen to twenty four save opportunities, so a serviceable closer. I'm pretty sure they were ready to retire his number. So, finally, finally, after this disastrous nineteen ninety eight season. 1999 comes, Seattle is done with Bobby Ayala. They trade him before the season to Montreal for a pitcher named Jason Turman, who Jason spent three Turman. seasons in the Seattle farm system, got retired okay. as AAA in 2001, played in Japan in 2002, and retired from baseball after 2003. Now, despite you know, never getting a single pitch from <laughs> Mr. Turman, Seattle, I think, still won, wins that trade, hands down. I I would I would say that's true because simply by virtue of not pitching, he wasn't blowing games. Yeah, and and, and that's I think more than you could ask. If you could pinpoint a time when sayings were created or when their perfect manifestations happened, addition by subtraction <laughs> yes. happened in 1999 <laughs> when the Seattle Mariners traded Bobby Ayala to someone who would never ever get on their roster um it, it, it's it's mind-blowing to me knowing the story of 
Ayala and and kind of him going off the rails. And let's be clear, the 1996 issue is not the only time that he exhibited some mental instability, shall we say. He was famous for blowing up on the mound. Oh, yeah. Uh, not, <laughs> both emotionally he, and in terms of his performance. Yeah, so he took the term control issues mm-hmm. and exemplified it through and through, head to toe, on the yeah. field, off the field. He was really ahead of his time. And I think that <laughs> he was really doing all of this to inspire a Showtime show several years later uh, called Eastbound and Down. <laughs> But a hard-throwing pitcher who <laughs> is out of his mind. Yep, that's that's Bobby Ayala. Yeah, and, they, and, and the, what's the crazy? Look, the look of Danny McBride in that show is like to a T. What I imagine Bobby Ayala to be like after 1999, after he's done with baseball. <laughs> that's what I feel. That's what I feel like he looked like, and what how he acted. You know, so for me, get... it wasn't 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 a comedy. It was more of a documentary. A where are they now, if you will. Of the we need to get McBride on this on this podcast and and see what he was taking for inspiration. I'm I'm sure if we just call him up, he'd be yeah. Happy he's not to, doing anything. He'd be he'd be happy to hop on. What so. what blows my mind is that after the 1996 season, when uh, Ayala is demonstrably mentally unstable, the Seattle Mariners not only are retaining him, they are tripling his salary tripling his salary. Now, that may have already been built into a contract or something, but how you don't see something coming and just get rid of the guy while you still have some kind of leverage left before you're going to, before the max that you're going to get for him as a triple-A pitcher that never sees the light of day, yeah. it's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, when a guy punches out a window yeah. in a hotel during the season, you'd think that there, was, there would be some language in his contract that would allow you... <laughs> to quietly release him into the pasture, to yeah. wander about aimlessly, drinking and screaming at inanimate objects. But um, here's, like, here's, the, here's the amazing thing about Bobby Ayala, though. Okay. As bad as he was overall during the regular season when he was handed the ball right. so often. For inexplicable reasons. For inexplicable reasons. He saved his absolute worst performances for the biggest stages possible. He pitched... In two playoff series for the Mariners, the 1995 ALDS against the New York Yankees. Yeah. He pitches in two games in that series. He records two outs, allows six hits, and four earned runs for an ERA of (laughs) 54. (laughs) It's... you overcome that, and then you get <laughs> back to the playoffs in 1997. I feel like after 1995, if, if you record an ERA of 54, they should hand you a, a little card that says, if you see this person near a mound in the playoffs again, just turn them back around and send mm-hmm. them back to the dugout. Like, Don't yeah. let them ever pitch again. Especially when this is a time when the Mariners are actually making it with some consistency to the playoffs and, and, and being, competitive. being competitive. Why let the yeah. guy ruin your day? Yeah. Yeah, so this is a team that has so much talent. Right. So much talent. And the 95 season should have been a learning season. They make it to the playoffs. Ayala is terrible against the Yankees. So when you get to the playoffs again, maybe don't hand him the ball. 
But they get back to the playoffs in 97. Against the Orioles, he ends up pitching one and a third and allows six runs on four hits. So he flips it. Last time it was four (laughs) runs on six hits. This time he's like, I'm going to be more efficient and allow six (laughs) runs on four hits for an ERA of 40.5 in one game. He appeared in just one game and somehow gave up six runs in one and a third. That's um, that's, that's just awful. I want to know where that ranks all time in like the worst playoff pitchers. There's, there's got to be a list. I know someone's put it together. We'll have to find that because that is, that is terrible. Yeah. It's really terrible. That is astronomically not good. It's, I mean, essentially what you're saying is the guy had a, a 47 ERA in two playoff appearances. Yeah. Which is, what's really amazing is that the guy even made, made it to two playoffs. Yeah. Like, he was on the roster. And not only that, but in 1998, they gave him the closer job back. <laughs> The last, the last audition he had for the 98 season in 1997 was this terrible game where he pitches one and a third, <laughs> gives up six runs on four hits, has an ERA of 40.5. Oh, man. And Seattle looks at that and they say, you know what we should do? Give that guy a million and a half dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And make him our primary closer. Yeah. This is someone why we can't have someone nice was things. watching a highlight reel and they only made it through ninety-five. Only made it through the regular season of ninety-five and they said this guy, this guy has earned it. Yeah. They probably only watched the first half of ninety-five. <laughs> and then they were like, I've seen enough. This guy's got it. Let's give him that big time money. In terms of uh, contemporaries and in terms of where Bobby Ayala fits into Mariners' uh, history, um, we talked about Timlin, who is not around terribly long, um, but we do have some some immediate uh, contemporaries that we can talk about. One of them you mentioned being the uh, the person with the second most saves in Mariners' history. That would be one Mr. J.J. Putz. Yep. An 80.8 career closing percentage. 84.8 in seasons with 20-plus save opportunities, which is... Yeah. yeah. So when he got I mean, the opportunity to be, like, the guy, he converted on almost 85% of his opportunities. Which Bobby is... Bobby Ayala... Astounding. Never sniffed 80%. No. No. It, it, like, not even It close. wasn't even close. No. Like, it wasn't even... It's like a 78 and a half, 79. No. 75 <laughs> was his best year. <laughs> Think about that when you think about this, and we'll talk about, um, which is a weird thing to say, the greatest Mariners closer of all time in Kazuhiro Sasaki. Yeah. 85% career save percentage. His worst season mm-hmm. was a 71%, which would actually have been Bobby Ayala's second best career, or second best season save percentage. Yeah, Bobby Ayala would have killed a guy in the street <laughs> to convert 71%. And he probably has. He's tried it. And it did not work. And it's worth, um, in Sasaki's defense, that was his final year in baseball. After that, he retired. He was already old when he started with Seattle. He had already had yeah, a very long Yeah, I think he career. was 65 or yeah. 66 at that yeah, time. He, yeah. He, but he had such good hard candy. <laughs> In the clubhouse. I mean, it was just a morale booster. It was great. Famous for the Worthers. 
That's, yeah. Yeah. Another another not so illustrious Seattle closer would be one Mr. Brandon League. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember Ooh. more probably for his hair. Yes. Um, than his performance. Yeah. Funny story though. Brandon League tied for number ten on the all-time close list for Seattle Mariners. That is both upsetting and also not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Um, his career closing percentage with Seattle was an atrocious 75.4, which puts him up, um, actually still above Ayala's career high. Yeah. Ayala's best day was still not as good as Brandon League. I wonder if the guy that Ayala tried to kill was maybe Brandon League. It would explain the haircut. (laughs) Some type of residual, like, survivor guilt. So when we're talking about when we're talking about train wrecks and we're talking about the frustration that a Seattle Mariners fan is going to experience throughout a season, I know last episode we talked about disappointing seasons and two, uh, 2015 being one of them, last year being being one of them. Yeah. Just in terms of expectations uh, versus uh, reality, and we're talking about Fernando Rodney. Oh, absolutely. From what he gave us in 2014 to the quote-unquote train wreck of 2015, and when people were ready to get rid of him after what was probably, I think, six or seven games. Oh, yeah. No, Um, I remember watching him in the season opener and going, wow, he is going to lose a lot of games for us this year. Yeah. There was a certain amount of of, um, drama to watching a guy save games while also still having like what must have been a double digit whip because it seemed like he would routinely walk seven eight guys in one inning i know it's not possible but that's what it felt like yeah no i feel like fernando rodney's approach was that an inning has not started until i have walked the bases loaded yeah and then he really gets down to business then he gets down to business that's when because he had been pitching for so long. <laughs> it was really about finding that challenge. Yeah. Like just getting three guys out, that's not a challenge. No. Getting three guys out when I've walked the bases loaded, there's a challenge. <laughs> so his train wreck of a season, 73%. Yeah. Still good. 73%. Yeah. For second all time in terms of uh, a season for Bobby Ayala. Yeah, His better, career with Seattle was all 87. But, yeah, better than all but one year for Bobby Ayala. Bobby yeah. Ayala would have killed two people in the street if he could have <laughs> converted 73% of his saves. And it, like 87.7% number is all the more impressive. When you remember, he had a great year in 2014. Yeah, a he fantastic set the single. Year. Yeah, he set the single season record with forty eight saves in two thousand fourteen. For them to hit, for him to then just fall off a cliff, it was really it was Ayala esque. Yeah, and 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 that you could argue is kind of representational of what the team was doing at the time as well. I mean, if the team is winning, you're getting more save opportunities, and they're just. I mean, there was. Uh, two thousand fifteen is too fresh, man. It's too fresh. <laughs> Still hurts. <laughs> Again, we're, you know, we're ragging on Bobby Ayala because on some level we still love him because he's a part of an organization that we love and we just can't let it go. And what we're trying to do is, is find that 
that shining moment, that silver lining to every dark cloud that someone has to have. There has to be an upside. But with Ayala, it's really tough. It was. It's, it's really like, tough. If you Google Bobby Ayala highlights, yeah, you will get nothing but people talking about how Bobby Ayala was the bane of their existence in the 1990s. Well, for good reason. But he did do two things. Okay. His failure did spark, did save baseball in Seattle because right. it got him out of the way for Norm Charlton to then finish, close out the 95 season. And Agreed. he was part of a trade that brought down Wilson to the Mariners. So those are two things working in his favor that really have nothing to do with him. <laughs> they are not performance related. They are not performance based positive. And, and, and that really, I think, says a lot that uh, the best thing that we can find out about the guy is when he wasn't playing. Yeah. That is that is dark. That is and dark. Like after so after he left, like he just disappeared. after ninety nine when he dis- he left baseball, he kinda like disappeared. I like I was trying to find like a where are they now type of deal mm-hmm. for him. And uh, I found an article in two, from 2005, so this is a long time ago even then. Yeah. So he hasn't been out of baseball that long. And the only thing written about him, because they went through and they talked about all the, all the guys on the 95 roster, where are they now, what are they doing? Okay. The only thing they could find about Bobby Ayala was they thought he was in Arizona, and that was it. He's with that gypsy woman. Yeah, I think he's with the gypsy woman that we talked about <laughs> in the other episode. <laughs> He's very secretive. <laughs> Wouldn't you be, though, at that yeah, point, no, if, if you were probably were, as if disliked? Were the, if this were my resume, and I looked it over, I said, you know what? I'm just going to disappear into the deserts of Arizona for a while. I've had a good run, and that would probably be, the, be it for me. So to that, I say uh, uh, good luck in the desert, and uh, there's, there's not any, necessarily any need whatsoever to return. Nope. The desert needs you. <laughs> stay there with stay there with the gypsy woman yeah um yeah i i oh, oh bobby do we do we feel like we covered everything is is there anything else that that the world needs to know about bobby or can this mercifully come to an end i think uh i think that just about wraps it up i i honestly don't know if i could if i could think anymore about one Mr. Robert Ayala. No. Uh, and you know, when, like when we started talking about this podcast, this was the guy that popped into my head first when we talked about yes. guys who were on the team for inexplicable reasons. And he haunted my experience as a fan <laughs> during the 1990s. Every time he came into the game, my stomach dropped and I was like, whoop, <laughs> lost this game, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of our, our first thoughts when we talked about doing this podcast, this is the second episode. Um, in the, the third episode coming up, I believe we'll get to talk about my first thought when we talked about this podcast. And I want to give you a little teaser, if you will. I want to tantalize you. Uh, I want to give you the amuse-bouche, the appetizer to the main course. I'm going to tell you a couple facts, and we can leave you hanging. He's a... Third baseman, and he is an all-star. He's a third baseman, and he's an all-star. So far, so good. Yeah. That's, you have an all-star third that's baseman. The very that's least. That's the very least you could say about him. Yeah. That's, it is absolutely the very least. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. Again, this is, this is kind of our own bit of audio therapy. Um, if you're along for the ride, that is great. We really appreciate it. 
If you have any questions, uh, comments, if you have any fond memories of Bobby Ayala, if he punched out one of your windows, please let us know. Um, you can email us at yoypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on, we have a functioning Facebook page, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and you can uh, rate and review us on iTunes. That's the best you can do. It's great. Anything else? As much of a nightmare as Bobby Ayala was, like remembering back after looking through all of this stuff, he was actually worse. So, <laughs> so we, he has that going for him. He is, he is worse than I remembered. Good I, on um... you, Robert. <laughs> Wherever you are. We wish you uh, best of luck in the dry drive desert of Arizona. Um, Thanks again for tuning in to the YOY podcast. We'll uh, 